Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. Leading into into the first lesson, I'd like to begin and remind you of a story. The people of Israel have been enslaved for 400 years. They've been working building those monuments that exist to this day, the Sphinx, the pyramids, and God said their day of enslavement, their time of liberty has come. Moses, who'd been spending 40 years in the wilderness tending sheep, is called at the burning bush. And he finds a half a dozen good reasons why he should not go back to Egypt. But he finally relents, goes back to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. God has declared now is the time for God's people to be set free. Of course, Pharaoh likes having cheap labor. He's decided they're going nowhere. And so there begin a series of plagues to convince Pharaoh that it's time to let God's people go. In the eighth chapter of Exodus, we read the second of those plagues. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will plague your whole country with frogs. The rivers shall swarm with frogs. They shall come up into your palace, into your bedchamber and your bed, and into the houses of your officials and of your people, and into your ovens and your kneading bowls, The frogs shall come up on you and on your people and all your officials. And the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, the canals, the pools, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. But the magicians of Pharaoh did the same with their secret arts and brought frogs upon the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take away these frogs from me and my people, and I will let the people go sacrifice to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, Kindly tell me when I am to pray for you and your officials and for your people, that the frogs may be removed from you and your houses and be left only in the Nile. And Pharaoh said, tomorrow. This is the word of the Lord. If you listen to the first text, the last word was tomorrow. 
From the New Testament, you'll hear a different passage, and in it I would like for you to listen for a different timetable. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. He called them. Without delay, they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. <clears throat> when I preach in a congregation where I don't know the people well, I usually try to circulate before the service and greet a few of the people. And one of the people from your congregation this morning as I was circulating asked me if I had a 10-minute sermon. I want to say to him, I've got about four or five of them, <coughs> but I won't use them all today. When I announced to one of the staff people at the Pastoral Institute the title of my sermon, One More Night with the Frogs, she said, I'm afraid to even ask what that might be about. Imagine, if you will, getting up this morning and finding your house teeming with frogs. Frogs in the kitchen, frogs in the oven, frogs in the bathroom, in the shower, in the bedroom, in the closets, and you come here to worship and you look and all over the floor and the pews are frogs. And someone comes to you and says, when would you like to be rid of the frogs? Pharaoh says, tomorrow. Pharaoh says, I'm going to choose to live one more night with the frogs. At first thought, we might assume that what Pharaoh is describing is procrastination. Why do today or get done today what you can put off till tomorrow? That is not the point of this text. Or you might imagine quite easily that what we have here is a contest between two great leaders. Pharaoh, who in his hand holds the scepter, and at his beck and call, multitudes of people come and go. They build magnificent architectural structures. He commands the greatest army on earth, and they all do exactly what he says because in his hand he holds the scepter. It makes him ruler over all of Egypt. And across from him, Moses one who has spent 40 years in the wilderness uh, trading and 
bartering and keeping sheep. And his hand, he holds the shepherd's staff. He uses it to support himself when he walks over rough terrain. The crook in it he uses to inch lambs out of the brambles back toward the flock so they can be back with their mothers. Pharaoh's hand is soft from holding a scepter. Moses' hand is rough from carrying sheep, herding sheep. So you could look at this as a great clash between two leaders, one who will build monuments that exist to this very day, and the other who has nothing but a, but a staff in his hand, and the Word of God as a foundation. And that would be an interesting sermon, but it's not what this text is about. No, this text is about a man who controls God's people when God has said, it is time for you to let my people go. For many, many, many years, in fact, generations, frogs had come upon the land out of the Nile. It was nothing unusual for the Nile to produce frogs. And when Pharaoh is asked, when do you want to be rid of them? He says, tomorrow. Because the experience of the Egyptians for decades, for centuries, had been the frogs come and they leave as they choose. And Pharaoh is testing God. I would like for you to tell God to remove the frogs tomorrow to see if this God who has said it is time for his people to go, this God who has sent you, called you from the wilderness and sent you into my palace is a God who can make the frogs go away tomorrow. What we find here is the human dilemma. If we were to read the story of the plagues as just stories, they're incredibly entertaining stories. One by one, each of the plagues occurs and progressively, Pharaoh learns the lesson not to defy the God of heaven. And that makes for wonderful reading. But the passage of Scripture is not to speak to the needs of people 3,000 years ago in Egypt. It is to speak to the needs of you and I where we are today. I don't expect to rule the number of people Pharaoh did. I don't expect to have the power that Pharaoh did. I doubt that any of you aspire to that either. So where do we find ourselves in this story so that it ceases to simply be a narrative of 3,000 years ago that's marvelous entertainment? That's a wonderful story. And the answer is we find ourselves sitting next to Pharaoh.
Pharaoh believes that God should be, if he's God at all, to be at Pharaoh's beck and call. Everyone else is. And so he expects that he will give God orders. And where do we find ourselves? When the person down the street has a need, a husband or a wife has lost a spouse. And we say, there is a need to which I could respond, and I will tomorrow. When we know the behaviors that we live with each and every day are damaging to the people around us, are hurtful to those that we care about, and we're perfectly willing to change those behaviors tomorrow. When we hear God speak to us and invite us into new life with God, and we are going to do that tomorrow, as if God is at our beck and call and will be waiting for us when we decide we are ready to yield to God's will. This is not a story of 3,000 years ago. It is not a contest of Pharaoh and Moses. It is a contest each and every one of us has with God. Will I yield myself to God's guidance and God's calling And will I do it tomorrow? In the New Testament lesson, Jesus goes to Simon Peter, his brother Andrew, James and John, the four fishermen that he calls, and he says, follow me and I will take all of what you have learned, all of your life experiences, every experience and everything that has brought you to be the person you are today, and I will use that in the kingdom of God, creating you and directing and guiding you to be fishers of men. And twice in the text it says, at once they followed. Immediately they responded. So what is the difference between these untutored and uneducated future disciples, these common fishermen, and Pharaoh? The difference is not Pharaoh commands hordes of people and they just go out and look for hordes of fish. The difference is between two important words. One is the word pride. Pharaoh believes that life is going to be lived on his timetable, and so he puts God to a test. Get rid of the frogs, I'll live with them one more night. Versus the disciples who were men of faith, or more accurately, humility. They encounter this one who looks at them and says, follow me now, and not one of them says, I'd live one more night with the nets. I'll live one more night with the boats. Immediately, at once, they got up and followed. 
They left behind nets and boats and careers and family to immediately do that which God has called them to do. How often it is, is it in my life? How often is it in your life you say, but I'd rather have one more night with the frogs. How many times in my life, I'll tell of only one. I left high school to become a high school, or to become after college a high school math teacher. And that was a decision on my part to live one more night with the frogs because I already knew clearly, absolutely, that God had called me to the ministry. And I might decide someday to do that, but not now. And I'm willing to bet for each and every one of you there have been those moments when you've said, I know where God is calling. I know where God is leading. I know where God is empowering. And I am willing to do that, but give me one more night with the frogs. Not today. So what stands in our way? Well, first I'd like to say sometimes we don't have in us we have our own personal burdens, and so we don't have in us what it takes to do that which God calls. Debbie this morning got to stick in a couple of commercial messages, so I'll stick in one. If you find you're at a place in life and you know inside where God's calling you and you also know that because of your past, because of your present behavior, you can't do it, call us at the Pastoral Institute and help come help yourself and let us help you get some of the obstacles out of the way. Your church is one of our partners, and we invite you to come. But another thing, turn to your pastor, turn to the leaders of this congregation, help them help you decide where God is calling you. Help them to help you decide where God is empowering and leading you. Spend your prayer time listening to God. It is rare, it is really rare that I am at a loss for words. And so it is incredibly easy for me to fill my prayer time with words. I forget that God gave me one mouth and two ears and I ought to spend twice as much time listening. But when I do in my prayer time, I hear God calling me to get away from one more night with the frogs. God opens my eyes to new horizons. He opens my eyes to new opportunities. When I listen more than I talk. I would invite each and every one of you to kind of search yourself. You could take a moment right now, look inside and look inside yourself. 
and ask, oh God, where are the places in my life where as rather than listening and following you, I choose one more night with the frogs? I choose those habits in my own life that I know don't please you and they don't please me. I look at behaviors that I know hurt other people, people that I genuinely and seriously am concerned about and love. Help me to figure out where the frogs are in my life and help me live not one more night with the frogs, but begin to change now. Think about it. Take just a moment. Where do you have the frogs in your life? And is the temptation for you, as it often is for me, to live one more night with the frogs? If you know the story of the plagues, and you know the conclusion of the story, you know inevitably that God is going to set his people free. God has predetermined they are not going to spend the rest of their years in Egypt. And the story of the Exodus is a story of liberation. It is a story of God setting his people free. It is hard for us who don't live constructing enormous buildings as a tribute to Pharaoh to imagine that we're right there in the same story. But will you choose one more night with the frogs? Let us pray. Oh God, in each of our lives there are those obstacles, those barriers that hinder us from following you. We have our own pride. We have our doubts. We have our fears. Often we cannot overcome them on the basis of our own strength. And you call us to new beginning, to new life in you. Oh God, help us that we would not spend another day of life with the decision to live one more night with the frogs. Amen.